Well, hello and welcome to the All Saints podcast. I am here with a very special guest this week. I'm here with Delana Brooks of the Pregnancy Help Centre of Fort Worth. Delana, it is wonderful to have you with us. Thank you for stopping by. Thank you for having me. Well, I'm... I know that you need no introduction to probably 80 or 90% of our congregation, but we have been blessed in the last few months with uh, a whole bunch of new people arriving. Uh, there'll be some people in the congregation who won't know anything about what's the Pregnancy Help Centre, what does it do, who are you, what what do you do there. Um, so assume that there are people listening to this who don't know anything about what you do and why you exist, and give us the five-minute elevator pitch description of what it is that the Pregnancy Help Center of Fort Worth is all about. Okay, well, great. Um, and it's, it's exciting that you have new uh, members coming yeah, yeah, in. We That's do. very yeah, exciting. It's wonderful. Um, and I would invite anyone to uh, come and visit me at the Pregnancy mm-hmm. Help Center. We're very close to your church. So um, anyone who would like to come in, meet with me uh, for a tour, I'd love to show you around. Um, So we are a pregnancy help center, and we help women who are facing an unplanned pregnancy. Right. And so um, we began as a nonprofit in 1986, so Mm. we've been going strong since. Wow. Um, Lots of years at this, Um, you know, and especially over the last 50 years, you know, with Mm. Roe and then just recently Roe overturning. We'll get on to that a little bit later. Um, We have our work cut out for us. So women and men, if they have a partner with them, will come to the pregnancy center and uh, we provide pregnancy testing. We give them prenatal vitamins. We um, schedule appointments for them to have an ultrasound. We have a a wonderful 3D ultrasound machine Mm. that was blessed to us by your church. (laughs) So I'd like to put that out there. Um, What a wonderful gift that has caused many women to choose life. Um, When she sees that baby, her Mm. unborn child on that screen, um, active, the heart beating, the baby moving and kicking. And she's able to see, no, this isn't a clump of cells. This isn't just tissue. This is my child. It's a human face and human fingers and human body and everything. Yes. So we, you know, that's the the first appointment is the pregnancy test. And we really want to find out what's going on in her life. Is Is she saying she's going to parent? Is she undecided? She may be there saying, I absolutely want to have an abortion. Right. And, um, you know, so our job then is to love her, to show her grace, to Mm. show her friendship, to let her feel um, loved and heard Mm. and valued because she too is made in the image of God. Right, right, right. Her child is, but so is she. Yes. So, and we don't know where she's been, what she's Mm. gone through. And many, many times she has come from um, abuse herself, even as a small child. So we have to look at her, and we do look at her through the eyes of compassion and and love. Mm. So we hear her story. We find Mm. out what it is that she's going through. And then we do the pregnancy test. We confirm if it's a positive test. And then we'll set her up an appointment for her to have an ultrasound. We get her started on prenatal vitamins because Mm -hmm. we know that that early vitamins is very important in the early stages of Mm -hmm. pregnancy. So um, we gift her with that. We have a little, another little gift that we give her just little small things for her Mm. about her, not about the baby, but just for her, just for her. her. So she, she can feel that we do care for Mm. her and love her. And, um, we also talk with her, if she's a first-time mom, we connect her to mm. a resource. It's a um, nurse-family partnership, and so it's for first-time moms. 
where they would have a nurse that's assigned to them for two years after they have their baby. Oh, wow. So she has a nurse that walks with her, her own um, access to a nurse. She can call her, text her anytime during her pregnancy mm. up until the baby is two years old. So it's incredible for these first-time moms who maybe don't know what they're doing. Yeah, and they don't know that that service exists. And, right, right, right. So yeah. we're able to explain that. And then we also connect her to other resources within our community, right? right. right? Depending on what she might need. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of different resources. So we've set up a packet. So we give her a proof of pregnancy, um, and then we also set, have a packet of QR codes. And all of mm-hmm. these QR codes are resources that we have researched and investigated and mm-hmm. said these are the best resources right, for right, her. Right. Okay. We have it broken down into categories, whether that's um, food or housing, child care, mm-hmm. um, medical needs, medical assistance. So all of these things she's able to receive when she comes to the pregnancy wow. center. That's great. And then we're able to, um, we, you know, we go through, if she's undecided or considering yes, abortion, yeah, we yeah. go through the truth about abortion. Mm-hmm. We have a video that we let her watch that's very um, medical-based. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, it's from previous abortion doctors. Right, who, right. And they're speaking about the procedure and actually what happens. What, what they do. What, what they, they do. do. What right. they used to do, yeah. Many times, most of the time, they really don't know the procedure and what it entails. So these videos are able to give them from a medical perspective, from a previous abortionist, this is what happens during abortion. Right, right. So she's able to hear and see that, to know the truth. We're giving her, we're presenting her with information is what we're doing. It's striking in the, maybe we'll get to this later, there is a a cultural battleground here. And one of the things that um, very frequently happens among the pro-abortion advocacy movement is, this picture is given, oh, this is a really simple medical procedure and there are no long-term health risks and no psychological problems. And like, even aside from the fact that this is a human being that we're talking about, if, if, you, if you just put that to one side for half a second and just think about the, the known character of this procedure itself, it's an extremely hazardous and psychologically ruinous procedure for people to go through. Yes. You add in the fact that this is actually a human being and something, well, that's something that many people just haven't really internalized because of all that propaganda. Um, it feels like you, you're kind of just trying to set the record straight. Okay, what are we actually talking about doing to you and to the child that you're carrying? Right, absolutely. That yeah. is so true. Yeah. And it, and it we can it can be the narrative is it's if it's legal it's safe yeah right right, right? it must be because it it's been be. approved right yes. whereas in fact it's yeah yeah there are lots of things that um, are legal but not safe that's right There's one thing that strikes me I mean it's just in passing I guess but you you talked about um, many of these mums have been victims of abuse before and part of me wants to say well again this is a this is a place where the law fails to tell the full story because actually if there's a mum who's pregnant, who's in a place like the Pregnancy Help Centre without the father of the child, almost by definition she's a victim of abuse. Right. Um, I mean, she may have been foolish, and yeah. um, many women in this kind of situation have made foolish choices. And um, But at the same time, like, where's the guy? And obviously she's being abused because she's being neglected by the man who's the father of the child. And, and to, to try and reframe... The approach and the way you do is okay. We're, we're trying to help um, one victim of abuse and another victim of abuse we can't see. Yes, we don't want that to become a second victim here. Right, um, absolutely. Such a helpful way of framing it. Absolutely. Yeah. 
So talk to me about um, the the relationships that you develop. The because there's a whole bunch of materials and information. Okay, it's just like here's your child. Here's how you can be helped. Here are some resources. Here are some people you can call. Um, but there are lots of people who work at the Pregnancy Help Centre, and my impression is they're not just giving out information, right? No. And just to no. talk talk to us a bit about the the importance of those kinds of relationships that your volunteers develop with your clients. Yes, absolutely. So um, many times they, they come in, like you said, from previous abuse, mm. right? But even um, from a place of loneliness right. and isolation. And so... They, when they come in and they're connected to our client advocate, which is mm-hmm. the client advocate is the volunteer who meets with her that goes over the whole appointment from beginning to end. Right. And so we have some incredible volunteers, several, many from your church right. yeah. that have um, partnered with us that come in, that give up their time and they serve and um, they just love these women mm. and love them well. So when the women feel, they feel they have, they have this friendship, they have a mm. connection, yeah. they have, um, someone who can listen to them that can actually be there for them and let them, they let them know that you are not alone. And yes. I know you can yes. say that cliche, you know, just you're not alone. I'm here for you. Right. You, but, you know, there's a human being behind this desk. Yes. Not just, you're not just come to this institution where we're actually wanting to be there for you. Right. Yeah. And they can sense that they know in, mm. in their hearts when we're not just saying that we care about you, right. they know it. Yeah, they yeah. absolutely know it. They know it when they walk through the doors. Um, and that's one thing, the women at the front desk, they're just kind mm. and compassionate and loving. And I know you've probably been to a doctor's office before where you yeah. walk in and it's not that way. <laughs> it, <laughs> right? it feels like you're being processed, really. Right, right. <laughs> You're the best one in the world, yeah. Yes, and it, and it can, or it could even feel clinical. Yeah. And so we're, we are professional, but we're also very real and authentic. Mm and compassionate right, right. and we and we know um you know the appointment lasts anywhere from 45 minutes to an hour typically right, right. and so we know within that amount of time we possibly cannot mm. unearth everything about this young woman yes, and where she's yes. been her experiences her past her childhood mm. um but we want to we want her to know that we are here and we're, right. we will not leave her right. and so she knows that she can sense that she hears it she feels mm. it we tell her that right Yes. And so the relationships, you know, we, we connect with them in that room. Mm. But then we also, after she leaves, we follow up with her. We make right. phone calls. We check on her throughout her pregnancy. <laughs> That's interesting. Because that was going to be my next question. It's like you you have this initial contact. What next? You know? Right. And, and then we call we call her throughout her pregnancy. Then we have a... Each of our client advocates have a logbook, and right. so they'll call her, check check up on her, and then when they know her due date, so they'll mm. call her after her baby is born, or yeah. around her due yeah. date, just to see, what did you have? What's did you have on? a boy yeah. or girl? What, yeah. you know, what did you name him or her? Please come back to the center. Bring us your baby. We want yeah, to see you and your photos. baby. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And they do, and the women will show up, you know, many times four weeks after they've had their baby, just a few weeks after they have like their baby. Wow. And they want to show us. They're so excited for us yeah. to see the baby. Um, you know, and these women that cho- that were undecided, they're sitting mm. in our room, they're either undecided, considering abortion, or they've even said, I'm going to have an abortion. Right. And then you fast forward to see here she is holding her baby, yeah. bringing yeah. her baby. One of it just made me think of uh, one of your uh, members here in your church. Um, 
her, one of her clients, mm. Cho's Life, had her baby, mm. had a little girl, and named her after her. <laughs> right? Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that right. Wonderful? And so she, um, yeah. you know, I don't know if I can say her name. Uh, don't say her name. She'd okay. be so embarrassed. I don't know who you're talking about, but I'd love you to don't? know. You can tell me afterwards. Okay, okay. <laughs> but, so she, but, was, um, she was very excited that, you know, she, yeah. because sometimes we can go through these day after day yeah, yeah. and think, do I make an impact or yes. have I made an impact? And to know that she named her daughter after her. Yes, yes. Right? That's wonderful. Wonderful. And, yeah. and, and so just, and then also it's not even after, just after they have their baby. Mm. Um, you know, we still are in contact. Yeah. Um, I met with one of my previous clients a couple of weeks ago and her son is almost five years old. Mm. So, it's not just a, yeah, okay, doors closed, on. right? <laughs> so it strikes me then, I mean, just thinking about the volunteer aspect, all, all your volunteers are Christians, right? Yes, yeah. yes. Um, you're looking for a particular kind of character of person to yes. do this. It's There's some formal training involved and, yes. and um, screening and so on, but um, we, maybe we'll get to this again towards the end of our time talking, but uh, if, if, uh, if people wanted to... Um, to serve in this way, for me as a pastor, it highlights another situation in which, like, our own growth in Christian character and maturity really matters. Like, if if we're able to, um, uh, by God's grace, to uh, learn to express the love of Christ, to grow in the fruit of the Spirit, we can be so useful in ways that we might not be able to be if we had been less. Uh, thoughtful and disciplined about developing that really loving character that you need among your volunteers. Yes, like, absolutely. Like I, I sometimes said to people here, you know, you, your maturity as a Christian matters for everybody else's sake. It does. You know, yes. and, and wouldn't it be wonderful if <laughs> if people were thinking, yeah, no, maybe I, I could become the sort of person mm-hmm. who could serve in this place and really be, you know, I could save people's lives yes. by the grace of God. Yes. That is that is so true. That is so true, and it really is. Um, and our training does go over that. Yeah, Their yeah. spiritual walk matters. Yes, of course. It of really course. does. Yes, and it comes through. It just absolutely mm. comes through. And I wonder if it actually you'd be in a better position to assess this. But does it actually help people in their spiritual walk? You know, there's a kind of it goes both ways. It does. You know? it, yes. To, to see people's needs to, to to give yourself in serving them yes. actually helps us, right? Yes. Absolutely. Um, just this week, I met with one of my client advocates at the pregnancy center, and she told mm. me she's been there almost two years. Mm. Yeah. And she said, I feel that I have grown right. leaps and bounds just in the last almost two years since I've been here. She said, I've changed. By doing this ministry. By doing this ministry. Yeah. Wow. And wow. she she had talked about, she had invited one of her client advocates to attend church with her mm. Um, mm. on the following Sunday. She, you know, she always will ask you know, I would love to meet yeah. with you if you would love to meet with me at the church. And this young lady took her up on it and she wow. showed up to church. <laughs> and she's, she, you know, she said she's not someone that we would necessarily do life together. Like we, mm-hmm. it's not like we have a lot in common. No, no. But it didn't matter because. Because right, you're, you're in the same family now. That's right. right. Well, right. that's, again, that tracks into, we were talking about this before we went live, but there's a connection that really needs to be made between these specialized ministries like yours where you're focusing on a particular um, pastoral or social challenge and then there's the broader church where it's really much more diverse and to find some way of connecting the two is so valuable and if I think around the, the 
church here and the church I pastored in London, there are many people who are not like each other yes. and, and many people who are not like me. We've all got different backgrounds and yet we're thrown together here mm-hmm. and the challenge is to learn to love each other. Yes. And so that's a maybe that's something else for us to be thinking about as a church. How can we be ready to extend our arms to people who they may have come from a different part of town and a different background than many of us and and yet we want to be a community that welcomes people from all walks of life right absolutely well look i I want to get into some of the um social background and the politics Mm -hmm. and there have been some big changes obviously in the legal and social landscape in the last year or so but yeah have you got any stories that just like you're really excited about you want to share with us before we jump into that yes yeah give us a couple just a couple of of stories from a client's perspective we had a a young woman who came in a couple of weeks ago and she was uh, what we call abortion minded that's the Mm -hmm. terminology we use if she was considering abortion as a matter of fact she had her abortion scheduled in kansas although abortion is illegal in most cases in texas right Women are still traveling to other states for surgical abortions and or and or they're getting the abortion pill. Right. Which you can get very easily. Yes. Yes. And so she had an abortion scheduled for Kansas Mm -hmm. and, you know, her coming in and being able to meet with our client advocate and being able to go through those steps that I just explained to you um, Mm -hmm. of kind of peeling away those layers where she can trust us. Yeah. Um, understanding her heart and where she was coming from and mm. her boyfriend who was pressuring her to have an abortion. Right. Um, and that's <laughs> many times that's the case. It's mm. uh, someone, a boyfriend, it could be a parent, a family member, even friends. And um, we walked her through that. We talked with her. We were able to um, allow her to feel safe and heard and valued and cared for. We were able to do the ultrasound that same day. We got the, the oh, scan. That's great. Yes, and uh, and that's something that we will do. We'll we will hmm. squeeze in if if she's if you can do it. yes yeah. if she's abortion minded or undecided. We'll do it the same day. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't want to. We don't want her to walk out the door and not get that. Yeah. So um, positive experience. She just completely did. Just completely changed her mind. Like 180. Completely one eighty said. Right. You know, I, I want to choose life. I want to have my baby mm. and almost even excited about it. So she went oh, from wow. just hopeless to a point of excitement. Mm. And then she canceled her appointment. It was really neat because the, <laughs> the appointment that she had scheduled in Kansas, she canceled that and made another appointment with us to come back to us. So the same day that she would have been in, in an abortion in clinic in yeah. Kansas, she was sitting in our clinic for another appointment. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, we have an, an organization that we work with called Child Care Associates. And so they help women get signed up to be able to get free child care. So instead of that's another example of us not just handing a bunch of papers mm. to our clients. We have these women who come in once a week. We set up appointments where they can actually meet with the ladies right there yeah, and get yeah. signed up if they need child care. That's great. It's amazing. Can, can I ask what I, I think this might be one of the hard questions Um uh, you, you must have clients who they they come to you. You have high hopes. They come in. They're abortion minded, perhaps in the terminology you use, and and then they actually they do go ahead. They end the life of the child. They they go someplace out of state now and have an abortion. Um, in some cases, I guess you never hear from them again. But do you ever hear back from people like that? And do they ever come back? In? Can you talk to us about that really that really tough situation? How how do you try and handle that? Yes. 
So we, you know, we do follow up right. and there right. are cases where they um, drop off. We lose contact right. with them. Right. Right. Um, but there are those that we still, even though they had the abortion, mm-hmm. they will accept, they talk with us. They have conversations with us. Right. They will explain. We will follow up with them. Yeah. Her client advocate will follow up. And when they have that tough conversation, um, it can be jolting, as yeah, you can I'm imagine. Sure it is. I'm sure it is. Right? Yeah. Um, very, it can be upsetting to the client advocate. And we do train yeah. them in that for mm-hmm. them to understand that it's not their fault because many right. times they can blame themselves. Yeah, if only I'd said something, whatever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but our role really is to let her know, ask her um, if she has any needs, any present needs. Are you feeling right. okay? Yeah. You know, medically, did you, you know, how, how did it go? We try to, we try to at least ask her questions. Mm. If, are you being taken care of? Yes. Medically yes. speaking, are you being taken care of? Then we talk about emotional. Are you having any feelings of regret? Are you experiencing any, um, nightmares? We've had that happen where women sure, will sure. have nightmares, um, yeah. even just traumatic experiences where they mm. can't stop crying emotional so we we really go through just having a conversation to see how she's yeah, to feeling. try and try and help and, I, and and just looking at the statistics i can't remember the, the figures but it's there's a quite a high percentage of people who um it, uh, people who present in an abortion clinic who have already had a previous abortion yes. so so yes. repeat yes. um clients of the abortion industry yes and of course if you have this tragedy where a, a woman has has taken the life of one of her children in this way, okay, that's a tragedy. But statistically, the circumstances that led to that might easily lead to another unplanned pregnancy. You don't want to be the last place on earth she'd show up to that time, right? Absolutely. You want we to always leave the door look open. at that for the future. Absolutely. Yeah. Because you're right. Statistics, I can't say that, that word. That thing. <laughs> yes. Statistically speaking, um, yeah. she um, will Quite get likely. pregnant again. Yeah. Yeah. And there, there is a chance of her having a second, third, fourth abortion. Right, and you want to just try and be there. That's right. right. We yeah. we want to keep that door open. We want mm. her to know that she is welcome in our door. Mm. That she had a positive experience yes. when she was with us. That we cared for her. Yes. So when she's pregnant again, then she would choose to come to us and not right. to the abortion clinic. Mm. That she would remember, oh, the pregnancy help center. They were there for me. Right. I right. want to go back to them again. Yeah. And that has happened. We've had women wow. do that, get pregnant again, and choose life the second time. Wow. Wow. And the, and they said they regret. I've I've had a young woman say, "I wish I had listened the first time." Mm-hmm. Y'all were right. Yeah. Why didn't I listen to you? Right. Why didn't I? Why didn't I listen? As tears yes. were flowing down her face, why did I not yeah. listen to you? Well, it's interesting because mm-hmm. it, it tracks pastorally into so many experiences that I have as a pastor, where you you're you're trying to help somebody to rethink a, a, an attitude to life they've, they've adopted or, or to, to deal with a, a sin they're struggling with. And and what happens is they they have a much longer period of ups and downs, frankly, than yes. you'd want. And then suddenly <laughs> something happens that you think well, has nothing to do with what I said that does it kind of flips a switch. And and then they, they start to express repentance in a new way. And I've, I think it's often the, the way the Lord works in people's lives is not so obviously connected with the mechanisms that we think will work in their yes, lives. Yes. And as a pastor, we're trying to create a circumstance and a set of circumstances in which that kind of thing is possible. So sometimes it's direct 
response to a particular thing that somebody heard like a sermon or yes. you you sat down and prayed with them and but sometimes it's not that and and your experience mirrors that in a really striking yes. way i think yes um, the lord has a many many different ways of bringing about repentance when he does absolutely he does mm -hmm. and we see that that was something i i didn't touch on earlier a couple of things um volunteers you know we have our client advocates but yeah, we also have yeah. other other roles that people can volunteer as far as right. administratively right. and other things um so if you have a skill set that you think hmm. could possibly plug in come yes. see me i just wanted to to highlight on that it's not just client advocate yeah, we have other, other things, other admin things. roles and so on. Yes. Well, let's talk about that now. I was going to yeah. come to that at the end, but since you mentioned it, now's a great time. Um, do you want to sketch the kind of character traits you're looking for? Is it really yes. just anybody? And say something also about um, potential male volunteers, right? Because occasionally you must get a, a partner in tow, yes. however reluctantly or with whatever shame or embarrassment or belligerence. Uh, is there so talk about just the volunteer landscape generally and then anything you want to say about men who may be able to give some time uh, and and resources and energy to this ministry sure so um as far as the volunteer trait that you speak of um yeah. really someone who has the gift of mercy mm -hmm. and more yeah. than judgment yeah. because yes. because that's a very strong thing and and i've i've um, interviewed with potential volunteers who at some point during the training said, I don't know if this is a fit for me mm -hmm. because I'm bent to be a more judgmental. I'm, it, I'm, yeah. I'm bent towards that way. Yeah. I don't yeah. want to be that way, but I am bent that way. Yes, yes. And so I appreciated their honesty in mm -hmm. that because we we really, truly, it needs to be someone who can show mercy yes. and empathy and compassion and love. Yeah. Um, you know, and we all know ourselves and we know our are bent, if you will, <laughs> of, of that. Not to say that you can't, that we can't grow in that and mm, become of more of, yeah. more like that. And obviously that's also a work of your spiritual growth as yes, well. Yes. And to also see where Christ saved you from. That's, that's exactly what I was thinking. Right. Exactly what I was thinking. We, sometimes a, a clearer awareness of the mess that yes. we're capable of making of our own lives yes. is exactly what we need to that, yes. become less judgmental and more empathetic yeah absolutely mm. so that's that's the biggie right there right, right, and then right. as far as with um the male volunteer perspective um we do have women that come in with um, boyfriends partners etc right. right now and so we are working on a curriculum we're trying to get a kind of a program up and running. Um, mm -hmm. I, I don't believe I'd actually spoke to you about that exactly yet. Yeah. Um, to where we would make sure that we had someone who was, um, that would be a good fit in that mm -hmm. role. Yeah. And could um, really just be a friend to that person, right? right? Just right. kind of, you know, encourage him. Mm -hmm. I'm here for you, but you also have what it takes. Right, yeah. You can do this. And you have a responsibility. Look, you, yes. you're the father of this child. You know, this is, this is, you have a chance now to do something you may never have done before, which is to think of somebody right. else first, right? Right, right. Yeah. So, you know, what that could look like would be if, if it could be one or two things. We've had it before where we had a married couple mm. that worked together. Oh, wow. And they came in on a Saturday, typically, because typically the men's working during right. the week, so he's off on a Saturday. So we've had 
a couple, we've had a couple, a few couples that would volunteer one Saturday a month. And so when the woman would come back, we would do the pregnancy test while she took her away to do the test. Then right. the man was there to talk with him. To chat with the husband. Right. Partner. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And that actually is the best case scenario. Most mm-hmm. of the time, that's been our most um, positive experiences. Okay. They're separate. Then they come back then together. Come back together. Mm-hmm. Um, so that works well. If a man is by himself, if he's single, which we've had that happen um, on occasion where a man would come in, you know, every other week for a few hours just to be at the pregnancy center in case we had in a young a guy man. Along. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but it would we they would have to go through some training and sure, that, well, of that, course. Yeah, that yeah. kind of thing. Um, and then we've also um, have a program that we're wanting to roll out with our churches called mm-hmm. Making Life Disciples right. yeah. for our churches, where churches could say, um, you know, are there anyone in my congregation who has a heart to want to walk alongside a young woman or a young man who's mm. facing an unplanned pregnancy? And it would be a 10-week uh, training, um, right. one-hour right. week at your church where you would go through this curriculum to learn it. Mm-hmm. And then you would be kind of on our mentor list. Okay. So we would ask them in the client advocate room if they would like a, a mentor. Would they like a, mm-hmm. a man to call them to reach out to them or for the woman, another woman to reach out to her? Yes. And if they say yes, then one would connect the two with you. Right. So you can then, you've got this pool of people who are willing to and able to give that time yes yeah yeah well i i uh i know nothing about that program but i'm looking forward to digging into it and seeing if it's something that would work for us and and whether or not it's going to work for us i I hope it would and um i take this opportunity now before we get onto some of the the political and practical things just to say folks at all saints if you are uh, at all interested there's no initial commitment required you know just give me a shout and we can put you in touch with delana or we can just talk about uh, what this might involve and whether you'd be a good person to explore this further. Um, okay, so um, there have been some changes in the political landscape. So uh, uh, the Dobbs ruling overturning Roe v. Wade last year removed, uh, you'll correct me if I get this wrong, mm-hmm. but it removed the um, established principle that there is a constitutional right to an abortion and placed it in the hands of individual states as to how they're going to regulate it. And so now we have this sort of patchwork quilt type landscape where the rules are different in different places. In Texas, the rules are quite restrictive, um, which makes it hard but not impossible because people can travel out of state, people could get... Presumably there are some illegal surgical abortions being performed, and of course there's um, abortifacient drugs being sent to mailboxes all over the country. So if that's the political landscape that we're all familiar with. Can you give us a sense of how that's shaped and changed your work in particular? Yes. Well, before the um, overturning, um, it was the Texas, we had the heartbeat um, law in place, Mm -hmm. and that was at six weeks. So we really, our focus was really on that timeline, that six weeks timeline Mm -hmm. to get her in. And since then, that's gone away. So now the, 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 um, the goal really is to reach her before the abortion industry reaches her. Right, okay. Really. So it just means that there's not that artificial timeline. No. Right, okay. Right. Other than if she's wanting the abortion pill, you know, it's she she has a window that she needs to get the pill. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So there is that urgency still there. Right, got it. Yeah. Um, but if not, she can travel to another state. Yes. So the... The, you know, it was a victory. It was a major victory for mm-hmm. the overturning of Roe. I mean, absolute yes, victory. Yes, yes. And lives have been saved because right, of that. Right. Absolutely lives have been saved. Um, 
the you know the downside to to that is just the pro abortion industry mm. has ramped it up. Right. I okay. mean, like never before. Mm. So we thought they were fighting before, but even <laughs> more so. Yeah. Okay. Right. Mud slinging. So yes, they are yes. working, and and really, it's not a pro, even a pro choice thing with them. It's a pro a pro murder, pro abortion for them. Mm-hmm. It's not even about the right. It's about abortion. Right. It really, truly is. That's what's And yeah. so, and they will do anything to. So what they've done with pregnancy centers, you know, was to try to um, target us. Mm-hmm. Um, many pregnancy centers were targeted. Um, physically targeted mm. and vandalized, you know, firebombs, things like right, that. Right. So just seeing the landscape of the hatred towards pregnancy help centers, they they yes. turned and to shine a light on pregnancy help centers mm. to put a fear in women to not go to us. Right, right, right. So, so the lies started coming, um, mm. you know, just physical attacks, but then even social media attacks, yes, yes. really trying to discredit what we do. Just and, flat, flat out lies. And, and there's this, I've seen a steady trickle of these news articles where you know, somebody has had a, a, a medical emergency mm. of, the, of the kind where um, it's not an, like an abortion is required for contraceptive reasons. It's like we, we need to perform a procedure to save the woman's life and the, um, the tragic side effect of that is going to be that the life of the child is not, no longer viable. An ectopic pregnancy is a classic classic example. But, of course, these are sometimes depicted in a way that makes it look like you're trying to stop that from happening or you did stop that Mm -hmm. from happening. And, of course, there are cases where, um, because of um, medical mistakes or or lack of timely intervention, sometimes tragedies happen to the mother as well. And all these become a kind of background against which you are made into the villains as though you're mm-hmm. trying to stop women from getting actual medical treatment, right? Right, right. yes. That's uh, absolutely, um, it's horrendous the way they've completely yes. spun it and, yes. and told even the atopic pregnancy, which it's is insane. absolutely not, not an abortion. Thing, right? it, is not the, it is not an right, abortion. Right, right. A miscarriage is not an abortion. Yeah. Um, all of these things that they want to, that they have said, which is completely lies that we are trying to stop women right, from right, getting those right. those care. It's not even the same thing yeah, for one no. thing. So we, we have. But, I mean, we we're used to the idea of media misrepresentation. Mm-hmm. Yes. But like this is, this is another level, right? People people are being misled about whether a, a person is being killed or not, yes. or whether a, whether life saving treatment is being offered to a woman or not. Um, this is not just somebody got their facts slightly wrong in the news story. No. It's a yeah. Yeah, flat so, out lie. So that's a challenge right. for us for the because we're over here actually doing life saving work. We actually do care for the woman. Right, right. You know, and these, if a woman has an ectopic pregnancy on your scan, right? Presumably yes. she's going to the hospital on the absolutely. first available transportation. Yes, right? yeah. absolutely. Well, and it's even um, the risk involved. You know that, that they keep even taking off more restrictions off of mm. even the pill, the the abortion pill. Right, the FDA right. removes. So they had very. Um, clear regulations on the peel and they're removing that mm. so it actually puts women more at risk because right. if, and if she's getting the pill online and she's not going to the doctor first right right she's getting that pill she doesn't know if she is if it's an apoptotic pregnancy right. right and it's very it's highly at risk to take the abortion pill if it's an atopic pregnancy right okay so so actually these things which 
the media will spin this tissue of lies claiming that they're trying to protect women from the medical harm you're doing them. They're actually creating an atmosphere that endangers the lives right. of the women it's claiming yes. to protect. That's exactly right. right. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, just so that we're clear about what's actually going on, it's, right. it's, it's um, losing and then, and then you the have, ability to think with clarity about this. It's absolutely unreal. It's crazy. It? And then you have organizations, businesses that are, you know, jumping on the bandwagon that will mm. pay for our employees to travel right, to other right, states. Right, right, right. For the abortion, they won't. They're not putting any money to help the women who choose to have their baby. No, there's no funding not. there for it to help yes. the woman. Yes, but we're going to fund and give money to the woman if she's going to travel for an abortion. Right. Yes, well, that that has become another kind of badge of virtue signaling, right? I mean, I'm I'm not sure whether we're supposed to think that there are people in boardrooms who who really, really, really desperately care about providing abortions for people. I think it, it just seems to me like it's this really cynical leveraging of perceived public sentiment and with the result that children's lives are being taken from them and women aren't getting the care they need. So, okay. So so the landscape since Dobbs then is interesting. So on the one hand, you've got... Um, there are fewer abortions taking place. And it's perhaps in part because sometimes women in anxiety and fear do something impulsively, which it's now harder to do impulsively. It takes more planning. On the other hand, you've got this whole bunch of new uh, challenges that you're facing and and different ways in which you've got to react to individual circumstances and so on and so forth. So as you're looking forward... um, do you see a particular trajectory where your work is going or particular challenges that lie ahead of you that yes. it would be good to share and talk about? Um, and I, Yes. So really, I think I mentioned this briefly earlier, you know, getting her into our doors, right? right. Getting right. her to us. And so how does a young woman, when she's faced a pregnancy, what do I do? She goes to her mm-hmm. phone. She goes to her computer. She's Googling, right. you know, help, abortion help, mm-hmm. pregnancy help. And so... You know, what pops up, you know, the, the abortion, you know, billion dollar industry, right. you know, they have the or funding, right, right, to, to mm-hmm. put it out there. So Google, they have all of their algorithms, they have everything to, so, you know, we're working against that. Right. So you actually just have a financial battle we to do. fight. Right? Right. You've got to pay more for advertisements yes. to get them to the top of the yes. search list. Yes. Okay. And okay. that really is true. I mean, it really, it comes down to putting dollars yeah. in Google ads to be able to, to bring us up so she'll find us before she finds calls. the abortion clinic. Wow. That's it. It really truly is so, bringing the, having the, the finance, the, the money to do that. So, that. so again, let's just get really practical. There may be people who are listening to this and you are thinking, you know, I, I don't know whether I'm the right person or I don't know whether I have the space in my week to come and volunteer at the Pregnancy Help Center because I've got a really busy job that pays a ton of money. So I could serve in another way, right? And yes. that was genuinely helping Absolutely. to um, give, you've got to picture this young, frightened, confused, guilty-feeling 22-year-old young lady yeah. who's trying to figure out what to do. And there's an advert that does or does not appear on her phone yes. for the Pregnancy Help Centre. Yes, Absolutely. So that's a, that's a big difference we could that's make. a big difference. Okay? okay. Absolutely. So there's just the financial challenge of... Mm-hmm. of being able to uh, punch in the same league as the abortion industry. Um, personnel challenges, finding volunteers, other, what, what are you seeing those 
that landscape. You've got a great team of volunteers now. We do, right? yes, yeah. yes. And that seems to be um, very healthy mm. and balanced. We have a, we really do have a good team. We have a, a lot of volunteers. Obviously, we, we could use more, um, right, you know, right. but we, we also go through cycles where we have to get them trained. Right, so right. We, we have, we're getting those, we have about 10 that are coming off of their training, and that takes time because we do um, such, I feel like we do a great job of, we go through, they go through video training, they mm-hmm. have to meet with our nurse manager, yeah, they meet with yeah. myself, and then they shadow. So if they're a client advocate, they're shadowing yes. um, with someone who, you know, for mm. it may be 10, 12 or more sessions mm. to where they, until they're really confident right to be able to lead that on them on their own. And this is really striking. It goes back to what we were talking about previously about having really great volunteers. The work you're doing can't be done without, even with great people, without great training. It's an investment of time to try and make sure we're doing this well. Okay. Listen, in, a, in a moment, I want to just ask if you've got any final thoughts you want to leave us with. Um, just while you're thinking about that, I, I just have a couple of reflections. And the first is to say, I think... Um, uh, Again, anyone listening to this, you'll have uh, encountered in our conversation a number of different ways in which uh, it's possible for all of us to be involved. Um, and you know, even if it's at the level of getting on the email list, receiving the weekly emails, bringing it into your prayer life and so on, all the way up to being an advocate or financial contributions or working at the centre in an administrative role, lots of things you could do. I'm struck by the resonance between the pattern of your ministry and what Paul says in Titus chapter 2 when he, he says that it's the grace of God that teaches us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions. And I've rarely come across a ministry that so consistently shows grace. And the temptation, when, when we think about abortion, is to feel anger and a, a sense of righteous judgmentalism towards the the people who make a ton of money from peddling these procedures. And the danger is that then we, we project that anger into a situation where that's not likely to be productive to actually help people. And Paul the Apostle says the grace of God teaches us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions, the, to show these young women and perhaps occasionally their partners real grace and kindness and, and and to mean it and to be there for them has this potential to really shape and change the landscape of uh, real men and women in Fort Worth. Yes, absolutely. I, I'm, I'm glad you said that. It actually um, made me think of something I did want to share real quickly. Mm, sure. Is that we also share the gospel with our clients. Mm. So when they come through, when they which, with each appointment at the end of our session, we ask them if we can have a spiritual conversation with them. Mm-hmm. And we yeah. ask them, we get we get their permission, we ask if they're open to that, and the majority, almost all of them will say yes. Right, right. They, they're hungry. They've come There's, this far. What's, what's yes, the problem with going? Yes, yeah, and yeah. they want to have this conversation. And we open scriptures and we show them the gospel. Yeah, And yeah, yeah. it's amazing to me the number of times that that was the first time they've ever heard the gospel. Wow. They'd never heard it before. Mm. And to see... Um, just a light switch to see them actually get it. A couple of Saturdays, we're open on Saturdays, yes, you know, and yes. we're one of the only cl- um, pregnancy centers that are open for it's a few like hours on Saturday. Yeah. And we had a young woman who um, was very conflicted, and she was asking questions, spiritual questions. She was asking it, just really great questions. And at mm. the end of the conversation, she's weeping yeah. over her sin. 
And she's asking, she's praying, she wants to pray. She, you know, just was so ripe and ready. That's wonderful. And That's so great. to see their hearts, to know that we're, we're praying with them, we're sharing the gospel with them, we give them a Bible. We had a lady, um, I don't recall if I told you this or not, mm. but we had a lady a month or two ago um, who was looking for it. She came back in to find us. She couldn't remember what pregnancy center <laughs> she went to. It was because she was with us in 2020. Yeah, so it was yeah, during yeah. the pandemic. And she right. said, you know, yeah. where did I go? So she found our packet. She wanted to come back to tell us thank you. She met with her client advocate and she wanted to look her in the eye and tell her, thank you for giving me a Bible mm. because no one had ever given her a Bible before. She had dabbled in witchcraft, the occult. She believed mm. in God, but not Jesus. Right. Well, All of this confusion. And yeah. her and her client advocate lovingly shared the gospel with her, gave mm. her a Bible. And she told, she told us when she was walking to her car, she, the thought immediately, the seed was planted, and immediately the mm. thought was, I don't need that. That's not real. She got in her car. She threw the Bible in her back seat. <laughs> we started praying for her, though, right? Yeah, so yeah, that's, yeah. that's the power of prayer. We pray for her, and we pray yeah. for our clients that when they leave our, our center, that there will be other believers in the community, mm. a cousin, an aunt, an uncle, a neighbor, a coworker, somebody that will, that, yeah. will, that will water that seed that was planted mm. and that will pray with them and love on them. And lo and behold, she had one person after another after another reach out to her, sharing the gospel, talking about the Lord with her. Her boyfriend turns to the Lord, tells her he starts sending her scriptures. Oh, wow. Tells, <laughs> telling her she needs, you know, that they need to get married, that mm. there was a conviction that came on him. They began to pray together. She said, I've got to find that Bible. That woman gave me the Bible. She found her Bible and began to read it. Oh my goodness. And she dove into the Word of God. Yeah. Where she read it every day. I mean, with this woman sitting across my desk in my office, just with a glow. I can't even begin to tell you mm. how much maturity that I, that that young woman had gone from in 2020 mm. to today. Of of just she and her husband got married, and she has a real. Conviction of having a ministry for women yes, of, yeah. of following the Lord's right. laws about sex outside of marriage and yeah, yeah, yeah. the sanctity of, of life right. and yeah. and the whole the whole thing about marriage and um, it was beautiful thing That's to wonderful. see beautiful it's wonderful um, and and it yeah. all began here's a woman who was dabbling in the witch in witchcraft, in witchcraft and then came to you guys yes <laughs> and turned her life around yeah had her baby she was holding her almost three year old little baby in her arms as mm. she's telling us what. Christ has done in her life. That's great. What what he's done for her. I don't think I can follow that. Uh, you've been very generous with your time. We've been talking for 45 minutes, and um, I'm thankful to you for coming, and we uh, love the work you do. Uh, thank you for being here, for being around, and um, uh, maybe we'll uh, catch up again at some point. And if other people at All Saints or anybody else listening to this in Fort Worth wants to find out more about the Pregnancy Help Centre of Fort Worth, then you can just Google Pregnancy Help Centre of Fort Worth, or you can get in touch with me here at All Saints church that's www.allsaintskirk.com and you can find a contact form on the website to get in touch and i would love to connect you with delana brooks and the fort worth pregnancy help center thank you delana for coming in thank you so much for having me this was great all right god bless you bye for now